Welcome to Mark in the Middle Apache Fog. Would you like to say hi, Apache? Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Well, just for our, for you first-time listeners, our show talks about really the whole gamut. Um, obviously, politics. We talk about current events. Uh, but really, whatever comes to mind. And... You know, I was thinking, you know, we always start with politics and, and something, I was just watching a show right before we came on the air, and it's about marriage, and they were profiling people that were married many times. So here's my question. They were profiling a woman married 11 times, 11. All right. Did you think husband number 10 was going to say, I'm the one, baby. Like we, I got it covered. Like I know what to do now. Like at what point is it enough when someone should say, you know what, this isn't for me, this marriage game, or does it really not matter if you want to get married eleven or twelve, thirteen times? Well, you know, I think there's a couple of schools of thought here, and the one is it doesn't matter. You know, if you want to get married and divorced multiple times or, or you just happen to because that's the way circumstances worked out for you, all right, that's fine. On the other hand, for someone who, like, you know, is getting married 11 times, it's almost kind of diluting the um, yeah marriage and significance of marriage itself. I mean, marriages should be sacred. Um, you know, there's all those wonderful, isn't it beautiful in the early stages of courtship and, and, and meeting the dating process and then the engagement process. It's really quite lovely. It is. It is nice. And then there's beautiful and speeches. and uh, And by the way, for those of you that don't know, Patsy actually was my best man at my wedding, so he gave the speech at my wedding. Beautiful speech, Patsy, by the way, beautiful. And uh, I worked, it's all... I worked really hard on it, actually, you know. I spent yeah. time. I, worked, I wanted it to uh, mean something, you know. Thank you. Speeches are nice, but at the end of the day, after the speeches, after the confetti, after the champagne, you go home and you look at each other and you go, oh, baby. I, we're going to spend the rest of our life together. It's hard work. It's work. It's hard so. work, but you know, it's 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 uh, it's yeah. Well, anything good is always going to be, you know, you got to work for it. Marriage is different. Marriage, you really got to work on it. You really got to work for it because it's hard, but you know, it's worth it because when it's good, it's really good. Like really. Yeah, great memories and you know, something to look back on and sharing stuff. So then I'm watching this TLC, and then the, the next show transitions to, what's that polygamy show where the guy's married to four ladies at once? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's been a, there was that How, one great one that was on. Well, there was TLC? a great one that was on HBO. It was a theatrical one. Bill Paxton was in it. I can't remember what it was called. It was that However, you're talking about like a reality show, like on yeah. Bravo or something. TLC, yeah. I don't know, man. I think marriage is hard enough with one person, but to do it with four people at the same time, I mean, good luck to you. Good luck, good luck, good luck. I think it's really, I don't know. But anyway, so I did want to talk a little politics, sort of. So if you don't mind. No, no, go ahead. Uh, sort of politics. So. We're based in New York City, but, you know, we could talk about stuff anywhere in the world. But, you know, I, there, was a, there was a story today in the Times, and it was a breaking news story, by the way. I think breaking news is somewhat diluted when every time there's something that happens, like a 92-year-old actress in the 1930s dies. Does that really need to be breaking news? Because it always seems to pop up on my feed, breaking news. So-and-so yeah. died. She was 92. She was best known for a role in the 1938 movie, Breaking News. Don't you think that should be really... I remember as a kid watching TV, there was Channel 2, 4, and 7, CBS, NBC, and ABC. And when it was Breaking News, it was serious stuff. 
serious. Reagan assassinated. Right, go on. CNN has really diluted the meaning of breaking news. I mean, Wolf Blitzer's whole show is like, breaking news, happening now, and then he'll go on with the story. The only problem was I saw that story at, like, you know, 7 o'clock this morning with John Berman. So it's not (laughs) breaking anymore. But breaking news would be like, you know, Russia has finally invaded the Ukraine. China takes Taiwan after all this talk, which we can get to at a later time in the show or another episode. But not like, you know, Greta Garbo's great-grandson It I came think. out as being gay. Oh, I wonderful. Think, I think the term breaking news was established when, you know, you're watching your favorite sitcom and all of a sudden the news breaks in to tell you something that's of vital importance. Ah. Never thought of that. And it literally broke in. It did. And it literally broke into the show, and then it would go back to, now back to your regular scheduled programming. I'm curious, you know, we're we're at an age where we kind of live through the, the, the pre-social media time. And then news cycle now, now we're in a 20... 20- I, I would, you know, it was nice. To, it would be nice to go back to that time. When, well, in a way, not necessarily, but you know, for news, when you can actually just, you know, when it's breaking news, it's not just, uh, you know, like you said, Wolf Blitzer. And by the way, you sound, you you did a version of Wolf Blitzer, which was very exciting, like breaking news. Wolf Blitzer is one of the most monotone, most monotone, boring. I wish sometimes they'd recycle these personalities because, you know, really just you have to look at the same guy 20, 25 years. Is there a law that his contract has to get renewed? I think the news should have no... This guy is a a legend. He was on the ground in Iraq when CNN was an infant reporting. Oh, was he? Was that what gave him his fame? I didn't know that. Yeah, he launched the freaking network. Him and what was the other guy? Bernard Shaw. So how, first of all, getting back to that, because you have experience in media and so on. Breaking news, breaking news. Now, I think for like, so the fact that you're watching your favorite sitcom and they wouldn't break in with the story about this actress dying, automatically nullify it from being breaking news. How about this just in? Better. This just in. Greta Garbo. (laughs) Greta Garbo's grandson comes out as gay. Breaking news. Hey, I just, when are people going to stop caring if you're gay or not? That was was the next thing I was going to say. It's just not the story. Who cares? By the way, for those just tuning in, this is Mark in the middle of Patchy Fog. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand, you know, so-and-so came out to, like, to, like, Barbara Walters. Barbara? Barbara Walters. This is Barbara Walters. I'm breaking news. So-and-so. Are you to Gilda Radner right now? No. You're aging yourself. Those were the best. Were they not the best Saturday Night Lives? I'm sorry. I, I don't watch Saturday Night Live regularly now. I'm sure there's peaks and valleys. But consistently, back in those days, I guess it was the late 70s, right? Yeah. You had Belushi. Oh, my God. You had Gilda Radner. You had Chevy Chase. Dan Aykroyd. I mean, the, the, the legend. Julie Newman, Garrett Morris. The legends that came out of out of Paul that Schaefer. wasn't Paul Schaefer in the band. Uh, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. The legends that came out of that era—it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So anyway, I saw some breaking news tonight, and it was semi, sort of, kind of, not really breaking news. It was this. It should be. In, it should have been in the. This just, into regular scheduled programming to tell you this information. No, it should have been in the this just in category. Anyway, 
So what what got me going on this was it was uh again we're we're taping out of the New York area and we're having a new mayor soon because the old mayor or the existing mayor, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we could have hours and hours of episodes on this guy. He's a real piece of work, de Blasio. So uh I'm pretty confident in saying thank God he's on the way out. But anyway, so Eric Eric Adams has nominated his Police chief. Yes, it's an African American woman from the boss. No, she's from here actually. She's from Long Island. Okay, and she her number one big thing is violent crime. Uh she's like chief of detectives in Nassau County. Here's my point on this. I am all for whomever is the best qualified individual to to take this extremely important job. I just don't understand why politicians, Biden did it with his vice president, Adams is doing it with, his, uh, he, with the uh, chief of police, why they pigeonhole themselves into saying, I must have a so-and-so person, whether it be an African-American woman, uh, a gay man or whatever, but most recently with vice president and with uh, with this candidate. If she is the most qualified person, I tip my hat. I wish her well. But shouldn't the first criteria of a nomination for such an extremely important position, whether it be vice president of the United States, sort of important, or in this case, uh, police commissioner, sort of important in New York City, be the most absolute vetted and qualified person for that position? Yes or no? It should be. Yes, it should be. It's not, though. I mean, maybe she is, but I would like to have had other candidates sort of on the table to see if there's someone that might have been more suited. I personally think that if you're going to have someone as the police commissioner of New York City, it should be someone that's from New York City that started out on the street as a street cop, and then they worked their way up to sergeant, captain, and then they were worked their way up through, you know, they were a precinct commander, whatever they call them. I think they have their hand much more in the pulse than someone from outside New York City, whether it be Long Island or, you know, he was even thinking about people from Seattle or whatever. Your thoughts, Mr. Patsy? Well... I think the problem with crime in New York City and solving it is really not a mystery on how to do it. If we go back about 15 years, 10 years, crime in New York was at an all-time low, right? Yes. Okay, so whatever policies we used to have back then that we don't have now would be the, the the most logical solution of fixing crime in New York City. I agree 100%. Okay. However, yes. However. Oh, I go. However, um, unfortunately, some of those uh, methods were deemed to be uh, politically incorrect to some people. So, okay, that very well may be true, but you have to make a choice. Do you want to be politically incorrect and have low, no crime, or do you want to be politically correct and live in the freaking jungle that we're living in now? Well, obviously, and I think many of our viewers would agree, many of them, although I'd love to hear from our viewers, uh, might have other opinions, but I think that's why I almost think that you can implement whatever policies you want. You could have more cops on the beat. You could do, you know, more patrolling. As long as the criminals are free to run rampant, and the big thing was the bail reform. Yes, stop and frisk. That was the part I was talking about politically, sort of yeah. a gray area. But the yeah. biggest issue is this, bail. If you 
do you really in your right mind think that if you release someone because of whatever reason that they're going to be a, 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 a boy scout and go home and not commit crimes while they're waiting to get called to court six months later, that's preposterous. They are out within hours, and I guarantee you for every one crime they might be caught doing, they've probably committed 100 others. Multiply that by many. Yes, that's it. I, I, you know, I don't disagree. You're probably right. However, if you still take the bail reform back to one of the policies that have caused problems in New York City and you fix it, we're still going to have problems in New York City. It's, it's bigger than one thing. That's a and big one, though. all have to happen. That is definitely a big one, absolutely. But it's got to be multiple things that have to change. Well, you know, getting rid of the plainclothes detective unit or whatever unit that was, that was really smart. Okay, uh, probably wasn't a good idea. That's certainly uh, not, uh, not Let's be honest. Know. Stop and frisk, whatever your opinion is on it. You know, you I can look at the chart. Those are three good examples, actually. I think those, those are three good examples of Those what? are three big ones. Those are, uh, those are big put ones, yourself though. in a minority shoes, though, Patchy. I, you're a minority. Well, you're not that you are, but, I mean, you might be. But, like, you're a minority... And, you know, what do you say? I mean, I say, you know, and I think many of the black community would say, listen, we want safe communities here. So if, if our kids and, you know, if the crime is in the, or the troublemakers are in the communities of, you know, of the Orthodox Jewish community, let's let's go there. Let's stop and frisk in that community. Let's do it. Let's keep them in jail. If it's in the... Bangladeshi community, let's do it there. Wherever it is, you got to go where the crime is. And, you know, it is where it is. So, my, but my point was, that was she the really the, I mean, maybe she is, but I just hate it when politicians sort of just say, I'm going to hire, they, they should say this, I will hire the most qualified person for the position of fill in the blank, vice president. There's uh, something that I think there's there's a political survival element, which is the first thing on their mind. So every decision, especially major decisions like that, have to be made with what will give me the most longevity. How much of political survival? And right now he doesn't have the option of hiring the most qualified. He has to hire the most qualified minority of some sort. How much, whether it be how, how much, let me ask immigrants, whether it be someone. How much, it. how much sway do you think yeah. it has of when course. a politician comes out and says, I'm going to hire X for this job? When Biden said, I'm going to have a, 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 someone, an African-American woman, like how much do you think a lot of people go, oh, he's got my vote now, or do people, are they like, whatever? I think it's more like whatever. I think he'd have more cred if he came out and said, I'm going to hire the, I'm going to, I'm going to vet, and when I say hire, you know, I'm going to, I guess, bring on board or whatever the word is, the most qualified individual for this job. I would imagine he would do that if that would be political. Okay. Isn't that what they do in business? Like Warren Buffett's like, what, 89 years old now? He, he's been nurturing someone for many years. Probably more than one person. They're the most qualified. Jeff Bezos. do that. Politics, he can't. We're going down a bad path in this country if you can. At what point can you? got to be a political decision first. Everything does. And then everything else is secondary. Speaking of politics, again, for those of you first joining you us. Something? And that applies to both his Biden's pick for vice president and uh, the, uh, Eric Adams' pick for police commissioner, as well as the decisions not to do stop and frisk and bail reform 
and the other one we were talking about. Those are all political decisions, too. Everything. I just wish that you just, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty, you know, hey, I wish her luck. I hope she's the best police commissioner ever. Me but too. I just wish that that, well, I know she could be. But I just wish that there was a little bit more of a vetting process, of, not vetting, like for her she was probably vetted, but but a, more of a of a, you know, let's see other candidates, let's see let's see the you know anyway, so I think I think city council today, well we're back to New York City, so let's talk a bit a little bit about national news. God, there's so much. I mean, how I'm a little personally a little tired of hearing about the January 6th committee. Um, that's all I hear about on CNN. Fox, you don't hear a thing about it on CNN. You know, that's all you hear about. Like, I, w- I lived CNN, through the day. It CNN was horrific. Loves, loves that Trump stuff. Boy, do they like that Trump stuff, CNN. Oh, my God, like, I wish we'd stop already. Thank you. Thank you. I mean... They do. They do. They do. They do. January 6th was a horrific day. It was just terrible black eye in this country. I watched it live as it unfolded. I remember where I was. It was one of those, for me, it was one of those remember where you were moments. Do you think that January 6th will go down as, do you remember where you were, when, moments? Yeah. Where were you? Like either when you heard about it or when you started watching it. I was watching it live. I was at, a, at an insurance office, and it was quiet, so I had the CNN feed on my computer, and it was just unfolding, like, right in front of me. I was like, are you kidding me? Am I really witnessing this? Where were you when it all went down? Where was I? Or when you heard about it? Like, I remember where I was when I heard Princess Diana died. You just know. said yourself, I, Patsy. It's one of those I, where you went, yes. You said, yes. I, I, and you don't remember where you were. <laughs> That's so weird. Where were you? I can't. Can you share with us? Is it private? Were you, like, was, lying in I bed was, with anyone? Or, like, what, what, was it too private? I was on job in the Bronx doing local news, watching it on my iPhone. And, and you forgot that for a moment? Well, I wasn't sure which station I was at. The one in New York? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching on a computer. I was like, oh, my God. Am I really witnessing this? But, yeah, CNN is just like, you know, the Congress is, I mean, I get it. It was horrific, and people should pay the price politically or whatever. But we all know the end game. You know what the end game is going to happen? You know what the end game is, Patsy? What's the end game? I do. Uh, I do, too. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing. Nothing, Nothing is going to happen. They're going to have a report. Uh, it's going to be a press conference. Pelosi and Schumer will be there. Yep. And nothing's going to come of it. Yep. Of course, Teflon Trump is going to make nothing. It's going to, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen. I agree. So that's why I'm like, let's just get to the end game. Yeah. We all know that there was cover-ups and that people in the White House were like, say, some of them were saying, OMG, that's like, oh, my God. And other people were like, I, I can't see anyone really saying, wow, this is great. The only one saying this was great was Trump. I got to think most other of his cohorts were like, and like really upset by it. Would you tend to agree with that? Except... Who's that knucklehead that he that he had for years? His speech right uh, I forget the guy's name. He he was with him for many years in the White House. He was one of the few people that didn't desert. Uh, it might come to me maybe tomorrow's episode. But uh, like like you know a lot of people were upset, except Trump, who I think if my memory is correct came out about four hours afterwards and said, "The election was stolen. I love you all." You know, pretty much right. Yeah, that was a that was a kid Trump impression. Oh, you like that? I did like that. Oh, you should hear my my nephew. He does a great Trump impression. Oh, all right. Uh, maybe we'll get him on the show one day to do his Trump impression. 
Yeah, maybe you can call in. Well, right now he's studying. He's at Cornell's doing his finals. I thought they and closed Cornell because of COVID. I, I was just going to ask you, did you watch that story? Yes. Well, I said he's at Cornell. I didn't mean, like, I mean, it's funny. I, I was, I had corresponded with my sister this evening. His mom is my sister. I said, oh, I hear there's an outbreak at Cornell. And she says, yes, uh, David's coming home tonight because his finals are online now. Yeah. So here we are at this college, Cornell, and we've got to be vaccinated to go there. And 900 kids got COVID, which is a pretty, pretty substantial number. All vaccinated. What gives? Which strain? Mostly the, excuse me, audience, uh, if I'm saying Omicron, is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, really? And they were all vaccinated? Yeah, yeah, you have to be vaccinated to attend school in person. Well, probably, who knows, but yeah, got to be vaccinated. 900. That's a lot. How many how many students could be there in school? 10, 15, 20,000? I mean, you're talking about one out of, if it's 1,000 or 900, 1,000 out of, I don't know what the campus really is. I'd like to know the, uh, the breakdown of, like, who had the booster shot, who had Pfizer, who had Johnson & Johnson. I'm, I'm pretty sure most Moderna. people. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say most students have not had the booster shot. Most adults haven't had it. I know you got it, but you walked into a situation where you got it, right? I like you were like doing a news story, like, "Hey, dude, you want a booster shot?" You're like, "Sure." Most people, yeah. like, I called. What hey, <laughs> tell the audience what happened. Well, I was I was literally doing a story for a news show about booster shots, and I was there, you know, for the news station with the camera, doing interviews and shooting stuff, and. uh and, and my contact there was like, said, hey, have you had your booster shot? And I said, no, not yet. And she goes, you want one? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So she just, you know, pulled me aside and brought me into the little area. And, I, you know, filled out the paperwork and got my shot right then and there. Boom. Great. Now. Walking you know, out the door. And she was just like, come on, let's get you in and out. Like, a couple of questions. Yes. Simple question. And then Simple. I got back to work and kept going on the story, you know. Any any side effects in the booster? No, just like a little soreness. That's it. The same ah, that I nothing. had in the first two shots, but nothing. nothing you know, like a couple. Like, you know, like a Charlie horse kind of feeling. All right, that's small nothing. area where the shot was. I'm talking about was your hair turning green? Did your hair fall out? Did you feel like you were gonna die? Like, of course, no, nothing major. So you had no real side effects. Couple of questions because my wife and I were having this discussion today because in my community here, we both had Moderna. And I kind of want to go back to the same place I had my, my Moderna shots because I don't know, I just feel like the paperwork is more in sync or whatever. She's like, oh, it doesn't matter because Moderna is only given here on Wednesdays and Pfizer is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So the Moderna appointment is much later, like into January. I'm like, well, I'm waiting for the Moderna because I just feel like I should get the Moderna. It's like, oh, no, they said, and I love they. I love when people premise stuff with they. Who are they? They said they, whoever they are, they could be elves for all I know. They said, <laughs> I love it when. It's, uh. Wait, wait, hold on. Your old manager of uh, the CVS. Right, right. And he, they quoted him in a paper, and then, and, and he is they now. Don't you love? How often do you hear? Well, you know, they say that. Uh, you know, da, 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 I'm like, excuse me, who the f are they? Who is they? I wish people would like, like, give like qualifiers to they. They, you know, Fauci who is I.E. They said this. So she's like, well, they said, I'm like, stop right there. Well, like, who's they? So we know they. So they, she says, they said you can mix and match the, the, the booster with your, with your, you know, your primary, with the other shot. 
I go, I don't care what they said. I got the Moderna shots. I'm going to get the Moderna booster. Thank you. Have you heard anything about what they said either, Patchy? I have heard what they say. Well, who are they? Okay, what have they said? What have they said? They said it doesn't matter. Just as long as you get a booster shot, you can mix and match. Who, who, but seriously, who, who is they? Your source there that pulled you aside that got, you know, who's they? That comes from the CDC. Now that's the qualifier then. Yes. If it's the CDC, then say the CDC says it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, Dr. Fauci and his team and then, you know, yeah. Gottlieb and that crew. Right. Federal government. Which, you know, could really be trusted for what they say. Didn't they say there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, too? So, you know, they sort of lose a little credibility to me. But. (laughs) What? That's a leap. Listen, the federal government. Again, for those of you joining us, Mark in the middle, Patsy Fogg, the federal government is not exactly the most credible source for, you know, stuff. They kind of, and I rarely use this word, but they fib a little bit once in a while to kind of fit their narrative. Don't you agree? I, I think that has happened, but there's really no reason to fib here. If it's better to go with Moderna, 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 then they would just say that. It doesn't really matter. There's plenty of supply. Supply's not the problem. Okay. But let's let's no, no agree. Reason that the... to make something up. Well, I, however, had the choice. And I was like, no, I went with, you know, the Pfizer. So I had three Pfizers. Because I had the, why, same, well, I did the same thing you did. Why wouldn't I? So you did go with Pfizer. It was just a little bit more reassuring to you. Like, did you think, uh, you know what? Let me just test this Moderna thing. Let me just see what happens with it because I've had Pfizer. That well, thought, like, I'm curious, like, your mindset. Like, you're like, no, nope, I've had Pfizer. My mindset was some people have had some pretty, you know, bad reactions to uh, the vaccine. And uh, I basically had no reaction, just a little soreness with the first Pfizer, the second Pfizer. So I was like, don't mess with it. Maybe, you know, the Moderna would be the one that knocks me out. But I knew okay. I was pretty good with the Pfizer. So I was like, you know, let me get the Pfizer. That's good. So if you were in my shoes and you can pretty much get an appointment, you know, in the next day to whatever, for the Pfizer, although I've had the Moderna shots one and two, or I could wait a couple of weeks since early January, and I'm kind of busy now anyway, thankfully. And I can wait till early January, and I can do the Moderna, so it's a trifecta: Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. What would you do? If I was you, I would just find a, a different place that has a Moderna where I can do it right away. I don't know. I kind of like my records all in one spot. Because I had a lot of trouble. No, it does matter. I had a lot of trouble. Let me tell you what happened when I did the shots. You know, supposedly New York State had that thing. You log on, you give your, you know, fill out information, and you have your online pass or whatever. Well, this is more true with my wife. I eventually got my stuff online, but I got my last, my second shot May fifteenth. So like June, July, August. So I couldn't do, I, I, I went online, I gave my information, I couldn't get this online pass or whatever. I finally got it, just showed up one day. We're into like September, October, my wife's information, it wasn't there. It wasn't coming up and it was nice to not have the paper ver- version and nice to actually have the passport or whatever they call it. Long story short, I called the place, which happens to be down the block from where I live, First, I went there. Then I, I called the, the manager there, who I happen to know. And he says, okay, Mark, let me go to your wife's account. And then he, he noticed that, like, her like her name was there and her birthday was there. Apparently, I don't know if her social was or was I don't know how that worked. But her full address wasn't there. So once he put in her address, 
like city state zip. Then a couple of days later, it appeared. She has her online passport. So my point is, I kind of want to have like a point of contact where I can call someone if it's not correctly listed that she had the vaccine, this booster, as opposed to just stopping off at some random booth in Grand Central Station with some random company, with some random people. I want a point of contact. So, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. That's how I feel about it. And I think but I'm valid in that. Where did you go? Um, I live here in Long Island, and in my local town, it's a place called the Med Station, and it's a walk-in place. And, uh, you know, obviously they're they're shifting to a lot of vaccines now because, well, first of all, they're making a ton of money on this. The federal government's paying them probably who knows how much per shot. You know that, right? It's free to us, but I guarantee you they are getting paid a lot of money, just like you see all these COVID pop-up stations all around the city. They're not doing it because they're such great people. They got some contract with the government that's paying. Every test is money, money. So I did a place called the Med Station in my local town here, and I want to go back there. That's how I feel about it. Because I want to, I want to be able to call a person if there's some information, if it's not, if my booster shot's not showing up in the system as having a booster shot. There. Uh, well, I don't know, Mark. You're out in the public every day walking around, and uh, you're exposed, and you're exposing people. I think you should do whatever you could do to get the vaccination as fast as possible. I'm vaccinated. It's the booster we're talking about. I am vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, to get the booster as soon as possible. Well, that's why, you know, the show's called Mark in the Middle of Patchy Fog. We don't have to see eye and eye, eye to eye and everything. Is that correct? That is correct. And along the lines of the booster, and this, and by the way, what's your time frame? Because our viewers are, are asking, how far are you from where you need to, need to be? Back on the GW Bridge. Oh, Struggle. oh. Lower the level. GW Bridge. You know, think about it, the GW. Why are all bridges standing at the politicians? Why not like the, uh, you know, the permit, the permit to front? Why not the Kermit the Frog Bridge? Something like that. Right. Why must it be George Washington, the Cuomo? How about Tappan Z, 59th Street Bridge? No, hold on. 59th Street Bridge also has the name after Koch. Yeah. We the Triborough, the Triborough, they changed the RFK. The Triborough, the Tappan Z, they changed to the Cuomo. So every bridge you just named is named after a politician. Yeah. Why not the Kermit the Frog Bridge? Huh? They pay for them. As soon as as soon as the Muppets buy pay for a bridge, they can name it the Kermit the Frog Bridge. But who paid for it? Did Cuomo pay for the Cuomo Bridge? Did RFK pay for the RFK Bridge? What do you mean they paid for it? And again, who are they? Who are they? Mario Cuomo paid for the bridge. The governor, the former governor. No, no, no. Mario Cuomo was the former governor many years ago. How did he no, pay Andrew for the bridge? Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo yeah. paid for the bridge, named it after his dad. First of all, he didn't, he didn't pay for the bridge. The bridge was bought, built with, with grants from probably the federal government. So I, I, I don't I don't look at that as him paying for the bridge. I just oh the funds that governor to rebuild the right. bridge. In now let me ask process, you something. He got to change the name to his dad. Now he just got told today that he's got to give back his five point one million dollars. So yeah. we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. do you think that they're going to change the name of the Cuomo Bridge just to just to really really dig at this guy and say you know what I don't want your name anywhere. You know your dad and you, for the most part, have been a great legacy, but, you know, you kind of screwed up at the end there, Mr. Cuomo. Do you think here's that... How, here's how they can do it. They can change the names of all the bridges back to what they used to be. I'm for that. Yeah, I mean, First of all, to me, the private... What a waste of time and money. Stop renaming bridges. 
I wonder how publications reprint signs, put the labor out there to change. It's just a waste of time and money. No one how cares. much it's like renaming I, post offices. Really? I, really? I I I wonder how much money is involved. Just let's say the Tapazee Bridge. How yeah. much money was involved in changing that name? Like billions, probably, right? Millions. I'm gonna guess millions. Yeah, it it wasn't like a couple hundred thousand. Let's put it that way. It was probably you know millions. millions. The size might have been two million, five million, eight million, but millions. Millions. Really? Yeah. Like okay, that was really necessary. It just shows people have to have their, I guess, their legacy. I don't think there's going to be the Andrew Cuomo bridge coming anytime soon, do you? Or Chris Cuomo. Wow. Can you imagine a year ago, this family was high on the hog. He was getting book deals for 5.1 mil, people watching his press conferences like must-see TV, Andrew was like a top-rated, you know, broadcaster on CNN, prime Chris, time, Chris. 9 o'clock. Chris, I mean, I'm sorry. And now, like, it's amazing. I, I watched his show or listened to his show sometimes. I did. I like Chris Cuomo. I did. Me too. I like, it. I like Andrew Cuomo. I thought he was relatively good governor, um, but anyway. Who else? What are you speaking about governors? How do you think uh what's his what's his name in Florida? What's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Governor. Franken. 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 The governor Franken. of Florida. What? I don't know, what's his name? He's in the news all the time. Anyway. Yes, coach. No. It'll come to me. Anyway, it's interesting how different states handle this whole pandemic. And I don't know, like, are, are, are more people dying in Florida proportionally than here, or is it the same? I mean, I'm just like, what do they say? Like, I just, I just believe oh. more people are dying in the areas where there are less vaccinations. Well, I think the most uh, affected was what I'm reading were, you know, seniors. So obviously Florida has a disproportionate amount of seniors, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. No, I'd concur with that. So just by virtue of that, I would think Florida would be hit harder. But yeah, well, I, I think there's also probably a lot of like anti-vaxxers in Florida. Oh, they're all over. Right, but you know, I think Florida has a higher number of them than say Connecticut. I can't believe I'm not remembering his name. That's astounding. Like I know his name off the top of my tongue. He's probably going to be the Republican nominee for president. You think it's too early to start talking about nominations for president? He's running for president. You think he's going to run again? He's not running again. I think best case scenario, the only thing that this June, uh, uh, January 6th committee could do is create some sort of environment where Trump can't run again. That's best case scenario. Well, Patsy, we have a broad listener base, so your best case scenario might be someone else's worst case scenario. True? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, I think Trump is running again. Yes, I think he's going to get the nomination. And yeah, I, you, not knowing you think Trump is going to get the nomination and get reelected? <laughs> yes, I do. I think he'll win. Really? I do. Who's he going well, to run again? Well, the Democrats have, well, I mean, Buttigieg or whatever the hell it is probably, but, you know, 
he's, I don't know, I, I just, that's a tough sell. Even though he's the smartest one of them all, he's by far the him. He's the smartest. He was the smartest candidate out of the pack before. He should have been a nominee, but, you know, I guess America wasn't ready for, you know, the first husband with the president of the United States. Or ah, maybe, he was my pick. He was my pick. You know, Biden I was like, that. I like him. I like Slobachar. You know who I'm not seeing much on CNN anymore? Who's that old, that, that former governor of Ohio? He used to be on CNN a lot. He was Republican, but a moderate Republican. Kasich. I saw him today. Yeah. He was on there today. He was on CNN today? Yeah. Oh, so he's still there. He must do, like, the, the afternoon show. Yeah. I don't really see him in the evening. But full disclosure, I'm not really watching him on CNN now. I'm just a little tired of it. I'm just tired of the, the whole... The Trump thing, you know, get off of him. Um, I got to be honest with you. I thought they handled the Rittenhouse situation very poorly. You know, like they gave him, like, you know, like they really covered it badly where he was this terrorist and this and that. And then when he was innocent, they really, like, just didn't really follow up. They're like, oh, yeah, no news here, whatever. You know, they really cherry pick what they want to wa- what they want to broadcast and and then they turn around and they criticize the other networks that are, you know, also cherry picking Fox and Newsmax and whatever. It just, I just want to watch a show and I'm trying to think of a journalist, Chris Wallace, a journalist that really Wallace, was fair. Chris Wallace just left Fox and he's going to CNN. I know that. But that's the kind of journalist I like. Like, I would listen to his show. He was very prepared for his interviews, I'm and he asked fan. tough questions. What? I'm, I'm a fan of Chris Wallace. I would say he's him and, and uh, Brian Williams are probably my two favorite. And Brian Williams like, just lost him. He just stepped down. I know. I have a hunch he's going to surface at CNN also, don't you? I like Brian Williams. I'd like to see him doing his own Netflix show. Right, smart guy. Funny guy. Yeah. I mean, he always had great questions, follow-up questions. You know, you always, you never, like, bored. Like, you listen to his show, which I did many times at that, that news hour with Brian Williams at 11 o'clock because I'm a news junkie. Like, he was sharp, and his, you know, he really was, was there. I mean, he was really on top of his game. Yeah. And Chris Wallace, like, leaving like, these are true journalists. You don't see that anymore. You know? Well, I'm sorry, yeah, but uh, I, Anderson Cooper, to me, is not a true journalist. Like, he's not, like, he's a softy to the left, and, you know, he's his commentary, which is sort of always very leftist, is sort of annoying. Cannot stand Don Lemon. Cannot stand him. I can't stand his look. You ever see his look? He has that real, that real sourpuss look. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the role of the anchor has really changed because now there's a there's this line between reporting the news, journalism, and um, sort of a, a journalist commentary. And, like, Don Lemon's show was more commentary. You think? And, and, yeah, I do. And, and Anderson Cooper is sort of, like, in the middle, whereas, like, Brian Williams, you would think, is a little more news and commentary. You think Anderson Cooper's in the middle? I do. I think he's somewhere in the middle, but he's definitely got a lot oh, of... It, it, oh, in the middle between... Uh... Not politically, but he's in the middle between a journalist and a, and a com- commentary. Is that what you're saying? Between news and commentary. News and commentary. Oh, there he's in the middle. I thought you meant yeah. his politics, his, his editorials, and his like. Not the you know his like when he rambles. That Actually, he's in I, the middle. I, I, I meant his television show is what I really meant. The show is. They try. At least they try. You know what I really like. I like Shepard Smith's show. 
If you ever watch it, Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer is all news. He's news. I guess. Breaking news happening now. You know what I can't stand, especially when it comes to like around election times, is the pollsters. Well, the pollsters and then the people stand in front of the map and say, "Well, you know, if if forty if forty percent of white suburban soccer moms voted this way and the hockey moms voted that way, then there's a thirty percent chance that so and so wins this county and then they'll take the state." Like what? You know, I don't want to sit there with a calculator when watching news. Stay I just, on the air 24 hours a day, running up to this election, to, and then through the election until the decision's made. So they got a lot of airtime, Bill, and there's a lot of people out there that you know get into that crap. Get into weeds, yeah. I I I, I just so pretty boring to me. It's like really doesn't matter. Give me the numbers when you have them. I'll wait. <laughs> right? And they go back. Let's go back to the map. Let's look yeah, at the... Uh, so this way, then this will happen. And if it goes this way, then that will happen. Ah, but let's go back. It's let's go back to... this, which could change everything. Let's go back to 2018, and let's look what happened then. Because back then, you had this happen, and that happened, and then there was a trickle-down effect, and then that happened, and that happened. Oh, yeah, my God. Like, just give me the news. I like a good, a good, I think there should be more, like, guests. Like, guests. But, like, good guests. Not just, like, you know, guests that have too much of, like, you know, smart guests. Like, give me Bill Clinton on the air as a guest. Give me, you know, give me Henry Kissinger, even though he's, like, 99 years old and, you know. And that should be breaking. When he dies, okay, maybe maybe we'll break. You know, Henry Kissinger dying, I think, is, you know, borderline breaking news category. Yeah. Colin Powell. But, like, like when they were alive, Colin Powell. That would be a good guess, you know? Yes, it uh, would. Like, he was great. First, we're going to attack him from this side, and then we're going to kill him. Or was that Schwarzkopf? Oh, back back when the war was back when we knew how back when we knew how to run a war. We're gonna get him from here. Are you home? Yeah, I'm uh, just about home. All right, so I want to thank our listeners again. This is Mark in the middle of Apache Fog. This is our initial podcast. We plan on having many more from this point on. But this has been a good show, and uh, stay in touch. We'll talk. All right.